0: Hello, Modern Woodworkers Association podcast listeners. It's me, your second favorite woodworking podcast host, Ben Strano from Shop Talk Live, reminding you about Fine Woodworking Live April 26th through 28th at the Southbridge Hotel and Conference Center in Southbridge, Massachusetts. It's a fantastic show. I don't need to list the presenters because it's a who's who, but I do need to tell you, it's a great chance to buy Diami Platkia beer. So head on over to findworkinglive.com right now to register and get ready to hang out with Dami Plotki and buy him beer.
1: Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking.
0: Hi, and welcome to the 140-something episode of the Modern Woodworkers Association it's just podcast. just so many,
1: they blend together. <laughs>
0: uh, I'm Kyle, of course, and I'm here with uh, Diami, and we're here at the Texas Woodworking Festival. And, uh, Diami. Yes, Kyle. What do you think of the uh, Texas Woodworking Festival so far?
1: It's been delightful so far. And the weather? Um, it's Texas. Exactly. That's what I've come to understand. I've only been here for a day and a half, but... Uh, I understand that th- this is what uh, what Texas is like in May.
0: Yeah, and you yeah. said the weather is basically effing gorgeous.
1: Absolutely. That is my firm belief.
0: So, uh, anyway, uh, while we're here, we're going to be grabbing some folks and uh, interviewing them and letting um, them tell us about uh, uh, what they're doing in woodworking and uh, getting to know them a little better. But uh, first up, we have a old, old friend, Stephen Taylor. How are you doing?
2: I'm good, guys. How are you?
0: Great, great, great. So uh, you've been out of the country for a few years.
2: Yeah, it's been about uh, five years almost that we were uh, living in Germany. Has it been that
1: long?
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow.
1: Wow. Now, for people who have not been in the community as long as the old men sitting around this table, um, Steve was a major part of it uh, back prior to going to Germany and around the dates of the earlier Woodworking in Americas. But I last saw you just as you were preparing to go to Germany and... I was lucky enough to buy your planer, which I'm still <laughs> <Indeed>. enjoying, so <laughs> yes. thank you. Um, and I know you were packing stuff up, and there were rules about what you could and could not bring to Germany. So while you were over there for five years, were you able to do much woodworking? Um, not a whole
2: lot. So part of the reason that I sold all of my big power tools back then was because I wasn't sure I was going to have space for them. You know, I was, I was nicely enjoying a two-and-a-half-car garage in Virginia before we left. And I wasn't sure that we were going to have that kind of dedicated space when we got over there mm-hmm. so I kept I kept my bench, I kept all of my hand tools, and then I sold all of the big power tools planer, joiner, table saw, bandsaw, et etc. So did you get to do much woodworking over there? not, not a whole lot. Yeah. Um, I did build a suitable but not beautiful uh, bench for a big green egg. That okay. I had. okay, cool. Um, I built one of those, and that was kind of the extent of what I did over there. <laughs> it's interesting because over there, it feels like woodworking is still a profession rather yeah. than a hobby. Okay, and and because it's not a hobby, you really don't have a whole lot of access to end user retail availability oh, okay. of both okay. tools and wood. Yeah, that's that what I've heard. heard
0: about that. Now, I guess. For the hobbyist, what there's a company called Dictum. Is that right? Or yeah, yeah,
2: that's down in Munich, which okay. was a four hour train ride from where I was. <laughs> yeah, Germany is about the size of Montana, so yeah. Um, across the state yeah. is a reality. Yeah, there but, for that. Yeah, but now you've landed in wonderful San Antonio. I have, yes, yes, yes. So. So do you have would,
1: a decent shop space?
2: Yes, I have like a three car garage okay. essentially. That yeah. I'll get to. I'll have at least two bays of. to uh, set things up. And so now I'm trying to work on reconstituting all those power tools. And basically,
0: your reason coming here today was to meet up with Diami and ask for your planer back.
2: Well, I'm kind of surprised (laughs) that he doesn't have it here with him.
1: You know what? I I tried to to bring it, but I only had carry-on, and the TSA wouldn't let me bring it on the plane.
2: Oh, that's unfortunate. As as much as you (laughs) offer other people to bring things to you, (laughs) I was kind of
1: expecting that you would bring my planer back to me here in Texas. Well, I'll put it this way. You're welcome to come to Long Island and use it anytime you want. (laughs) Done and done. (laughs) So so having just come back to the States, you know, in relative terms, I'm assuming that you've had other things to occupy your time and haven't really gotten into setting up the shop and getting back to building things? Correct, yeah. So I've done some searching for tools,
2: and I have bought some small things, like I've I've bought a few Milwaukee cordless power tools. Okay. I mm-hmm. bought a miter saw because those are things I'll kind of need to do some stuff around the house. Yeah,
1: they're 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 good, useful in the shop, but they're also just wonderful general purpose tools. Yeah,
2: right. And I've been kind of spending lots of time on Craigslist and uh, Facebook Marketplace, seeing if I can find deals on some of those bigger
1: tools. Okay, that I'm looking to buy. So, you know, well, having kind of. Stepped away from it for five years. Now coming back, is it? Are you still kind of getting your feet wet and refiguring out where you stand in the hobby? Do you have some list of I need to make this project? And the whole time I was in Germany, I wanted to make it and I couldn't. Now I'm going to make it. Where do, you, where do you? Where's your head at in terms of getting back into woodworking?
2: Um, I don't think I'm too far off. Other than you know what I've consumed online and through YouTube. <laughs> I know that I want to get a lathe, and that's not something that I had before. Okay. But otherwise, I'm looking to build up pretty much the same kind of shop that I had before I left. Yeah, I did not get a
0: lathe until probably about two years ago myself, and it gets addicting really quick.
2: Mm. Yeah, so (laughs) I don't actually have experience telling me this, but I anticipate that I could really lose myself in bowl turning. That
1: seems to be the way bull turners go. Yeah.
2: Yes, yes, yes. Um, so, yeah,
0: mm-hmm. I'd recommend, uh, I started out with getting, um, I guess, a midi lathe. It's uh, the Jet the jet 12-inch, and um, it's a variable speed. It's a great lathe, but I quickly ended up buying the extension for it, the bed extension for it. So if you're looking at a lathe, yeah, I'd keep an eye on Craigslist and try to get something a little bigger. Yeah,
2: yeah there, there have been a few tools that I've seen that mm-hmm. it's like, I'm interested in that. That's kind of the price point, but I don't know that I'm ready yet because I like like my last house in Virginia. I want to put in a wood floor in right. the garage and run some electrical under mm-hmm. there, and so I need to. Well, first I need to get a sub panel run to the garage, and then right. I got to put that floor in. So those things would just sit idle, taking space and have to be moved as I was putting wood underneath them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I decided now I'll, I'll just wait on this and. Another deal will come up later.
1: I, 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 part of me is saying, don't waste for that. Just start building stuff. But that would be very hypocritical because I did – my current shop was just a garage with a pile of tools in it for a couple of years while I ran electric and insulated the walls. I had the shop set up before I did the floor, and I ripped it out and put it back in over the span of a weekend because I had a small shop. But as frustrating as it is that you don't have a functioning shop while you're doing that shop build out – it is so nice to have a shop with the right electric and with the nice floor. And I, it, it, it pains me. To, it pains me to say this, but it is the right thing to do to do all that build out first, so that it's a nice space to use. You want to enjoy it when you're out there, right? Mm-hmm. I absolutely so. When my last house in Virginia,
2: um, we got a sub panel run just for my tools right away, and I started working in there, but because I already had all the tools. And then I put the wood floor in, and it was so amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and the electrical that I did run in the floor set things perfect so I wasn't tripping over well, stuff Let that me I ask wanted, you about
1: so. that. For that, if you're going to set electric and maybe even dust collection in the floor, do you need to have the shop set up prior so that you know your placement? Because you don't want to put those outlets in the wrong spaces. Right. So... I'm anticipating putting
2: things in a similar spot as to where I had my last shop. Okay. So I have at least a general idea. And also, um, the initial plan is is I'll just I'll probably end up putting a floor in before I put electrical in. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just take up things and route channels for PVC to run wires through so as I need to.
0: So what kind of type of floor are you thinking about putting in, like... Uh Sleepers and then putting like plywood over sleepers, or the yeah, that's what the, I did
2: last time. Was the two by four sleepers yeah. with the inch and a half uh, rigid foam mm. insulation between them, right and in. then okay, I think it was a five eight inch mm. OSB. The, yeah, now, now some people time.
0: are just doing the rigid foam and then putting
2: the yeah. That's what I would add is yeah.
1: that that design that you've talked about with the sleepers is absolutely a little bit stronger. Yeah, um, and it is the one that is in all the magazines. You can look up plenty of articles on how to do it, but. When you're doing the foam, a couple things you want to be careful of is first you want to do a moisture test and make sure you don't have moisture coming through the garage floor. Um, so you tape a piece of clear plastic down with duct tape, give it a day or two, and make sure there's no condensation on the underside of that plastic. Provided you don't have moisture coming through, um, then you don't need any waterproofing or anything on the right. floor before you start building it up. And even, even then when you don't have moisture through, I would absolutely recommend that you use... Extruded polystyrene Which is like the blue border That's sometimes called Dowboard Owens Corning makes one That's pink It's a type of foam insulation um, And it's It's resistance to water So if you do get a little damp If the floor is not Completely dry But you have some moisture Driving up through the floor It's not going to ruin The insulating value One of the other things About extruded polystyrene Though Is that They use it for water They use it for insulating Below grade In things like Parking structures So it has to be incredibly dense to carry the load of a concrete slab in cars. So standard extruded polystyrene is 60 PSI, which is probably enough that you don't need sleepers. Probably. But you can go all the way up to 120 PSI. And like my shop, and if anyone can hear that noise in the background, we're in a metal building and it is downpouring right now which is absolutely delightful. It's, it's cool. It's and definitely gorgeous. The weather's weather nice, but I apologize if there's some background din that we just can't get rid of because it's raining on the metal roof. Um, but I went with 120 PSI dow board, and then I actually caulked the joints so it's an air barrier, and then I set three-quarter-inch tongue-and-groove OSB subflooring, and I set that over it, and I used TAPCONs, and I screwed the subfloor right through the insulation into the concrete and it anchored everything down. And mm-hmm. I went very uh, loose spacing on my Tapcons. And the f- subfloor, it's just always be So it's bowed a little bit in some spots. I probably could throw maybe a dozen more Tapcons down to get these little bows I have out of the floor. But it was a very fast and efficient way to do the floor because all those sleepers take time. So mm-hmm. if, you have, if you don't have commercial access to high-density extruded polystyrene, as I'm lucky enough to have, it might be a little bit of legwork to get it because um, it's really only a commercial product. You're not going into a Home Depot or a Lowe's to buy it. Right. But if you can get it, I would argue it's a much faster assembly. And I have, I have your old planer. I have an 8-inch Powermatic joiner. I have plenty of heavy equipment, and it's no issue at all. It's not sinking into the floor. It supports everything just fine, and I didn't have to put sleepers in. So I would absolutely recommend that if you're looking into what to do with the floor. I feel that's a much faster way to accomplish the exact same thing. Now, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'll look into that. Um, one thing from
2: my previous experiences is that I'm not going to tap con this into the floor because <laughs> taking that out when we moved from Virginia was just such a pita um, um, that this time I'm just going to float it. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, now there's also using those uh, gym tiles, the rubber gym tiles are made mm-hmm. out of tires. Um, I haven't looked into the cost of that. I assume they're going to be way more expensive than. Doing the OSB and the... Uh, Probably. Yeah. But there's a,
1: there's a, I don't know, they're like dry tiles. Yeah. You can buy them in the box stores and it's a, it's a two by two piece of OSB with dimpled rubber mat on the bottom. You could lay them out on the floor and then take like half inch or three quarter tongue and groove OSB on top of that and kind of stitch it together so it's screwed to itself but still floating. But those little tiles with the dimpled mats, are, I think they're pretty expensive. So on a yeah. square foot basis, that could get cost prohibitive. Um, but no, if you're going to rip it out... I personally, I if I ever sell this house, I'm just going to unscrew the tap cons. I'll live with it. But I, you're, I'm assuming that you're here for another three, five years, and then you're going to transfer it again, as as it seems to be the M O for work.
2: <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, as I kind of joke with people that I never left the military, and that I've PCSed every three to five years, <laughs> despite right. not being in the military anymore. Well, well, <laughs> Golly. so, um, so
0: once you get everything done, shop's ready to go. What's your first project?
2: Oh, that's a good question. Um, once it's all done, I don't know. Before then, I'm still going to work on um, putting together like a frame and panel with um, with the oh, why can't I think of it? The the sheet goods with the holes in it. Oh,
0: no. the um, uh, pegboard. Yeah, pegboard.
2: Yeah. I've, I've got a couple sheets of pegboard yeah. and some. Uh, one by f- one by three or one by four oak that I'm going to frame it in mm-hmm. for my son's bedroom okay. to to hang all of his Nerf guns. Oh, on the okay. Wall. So Send to the Nerf guns, yeah, yeah that that's the that's the first project on the honey do list right, right now. And then we'll see if uh, we'll see what comes up after yeah.
0: that. Now I am a little bit jealous. So we're here in Austin, but uh, I live in Houston, which is a good and I live way south of Houston which is a good five and a half hours from here. But you just live in San Antonio, which is like an hour, hour and a half?
2: Yeah, it took. so I'm on the west side of San Antonio, and it took me about an hour 45 to get up here this morning.
0: Now, all the classes that are starting to run through this place, (laughs) that's got to be an opportunity for you, yeah.
2: It it should be. Once I uh, get settled here, I am looking forward to that. I've really only ever taken one class, and obviously distance wasn't a issue with that because i drove from virginia up to the connecticut valley school of woodworking (laughs) yeah had dinner with Diami on my drive up for that but um
1: well if you wanted to have dinner with me on your way to the austin school of woodworking you're welcome to but i I will be the first to tell you it's probably not worth it and so it'll be a little out of the way
0: (laughs) yeah yeah well i know you just got here but take a look around i mean it's a fabulous facility that they have and uh We're sitting right now in the school, so this all of that is uh, some of the co-op that's downstairs. But we're kind of in a mezzanine area, and I can see a nice uh, saw stop, industrial saw. They got a bunch; they have a bench room that's conditioned space, and it's really fabulous. Twelve-inch jointer planer, so really nice equipment they have here.
2: Yeah, not. Just walking from the entrance up to here and seeing all the tools, it's like, yes, this is this is what I've been missing. <laughs> is, is, these, is these big iron? Yes, yes. Now,
0: um, so you're into you're into hand tools. You took a lot of your hand tools to Germany. So I would um, encourage you, or maybe even caution you, once you get down to this end, there's Dow ToolWorks who has sells all the vintage tools. So, okay. Um, a couple of us have already um, kind of taken a hit with him, but uh, he has plenty left for you.
1: Let me, I want to change gears for a second and go back to your moving around. I don't know whether this is true or not, but did you take furniture that you made in Virginia to Germany and now back to San Antonio?
2: Nothing of real size okay. besides
1: my Rubo workbench. Okay. <laughs>
0: Did that, did that? Now when that's I, of some
2: size. W- when yes. I
1: saw it, it was a pile of lumber on your garage floor. Did you you built that before you moved? Because they would move I, a furniture, but not a pile of lumber. Is that right? right. Yes. <laughs> so I
2: finished it. It was like the last thing I finished um, before uh, moving over there, and it was actually like I got everything dimensioned with all my big power tools, right. and it was a matter of glue ups and cutting joinery. After that, um, so I was able to get to a point and then I could sell all of my big tools mm-hmm. and then still finish it. And I did, it was kind of a big deal. You know, I got all the mortise and tendons draw board and then I got the, the end vice that I had screwed in to the, in the tail position. And then it was like, okay, mm-hmm. this is done yes. and they will move it.
1: Yes. <laughs> now, um... We've, we've had conversations with many of the furniture makers here about how to deal with the fact that a piece is made in one place and will live its life somewhere else in another part of the country. How has your bench dealt with going from Virginia to Germany to Texas in terms of wood movement?
2: I don't notice a whole lot. Um, it, I th- Either I put it together very poorly or it moved just a little bit on the trip over to Germany because the legs, It if you really give it a... Uh, push the legs wobble just a slight amount. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I don't know if that was it was flat on my Virginia concrete garage floor, and then hasn't been flat in the other two garages since, or if something actually moved. But um, I've just just that little bit I've noticed. It stayed pretty flat. Um, ev- all the Morrison and tenons were drawed so they weren't going anywhere. Right. Cool. Cool. Well, listen thanks for coming on the show and uh where can folks find you on the interwebs um mostly on twitter um at torch zero two or on instagram uh the only I think social
0: media platform that matters
2: absolutely i'm gonna th- smack you and and that hand i think that's torch 2002 <laughs> because torch 02 was yeah. taken or something yep. i don't know so you, usually one of those two handles uh
1: will find me on social
2: media. Okay, well, great. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right. Well, we can be found at modernwoodworkersassociation.com. And uh, we appreciate your listening. And why don't you go find a woodworking festival near you and go enjoy?